Here on the show in the past, we have talked about the use of psilocybin, magic mushrooms, um, in treating anxiety and depression and things like that. And there's been a lot of work done around that and really, really encouraging and exciting advancements. And it's now being offered more, well, I'm not going to say broadly, more widely because it's still fairly restrictive, but it is happening more and more in this country because it's proven to show uh, really effective results. Well, now there's another quote unquote party drug that's being explored in the same way. It's called ketamine, uh, special K, um, which I, I, if if I'm correct, I think is a is a veterinary tranquilizer. We'll find out for sure. But um, it's it's also used in the party scene quite a bit, just like you know magic mushrooms and all the rest. But they're finding it also has some really really powerful mental health benefits too, and uh, some encouraging developments there. So to find out all about that, we're going to chat now with Dr. Roger McIntyre, who's a professor of psychiatry and pharmacology at the University of Toronto. Doctor, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Shay, great to be with you this morning. Thanks for covering the topic. It's very, it's fascinating to me. It really and truly is. Now, when we talk about ketamine or special K, as it's known on the street, it's a veterinary tranquilizer, right? I mean, just tell us what it is. Well, that's actually not entirely true. It's actually an FDA-approved treatment as an anesthetic. It's on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. The preface usually says it's a horse tranquilizer yeah. party drug, and of course that. That certainly kind of contours the conversation. Um, it actually is on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. It's used for treating pain. It's used for anesthesia. And more recently, the FDA approved and Health Canada has approved a version of the molecule ketamine to treat depression. And it's very common for us in medicine, by the way, Shay, for us to, we call it repurpose. In other words, we yeah. take a medicine and we find it's helpful for one reason, we find it can help for something else. Like, for example, we know that aspirin can help thin your blood if you've had a stroke or heart attack. That's an important uh, low baby dose of aspirin. But we also use it for pain and other reasons. So that's very, very common. And ketamine is just yet one of many examples of repurposing meds. But what's different, Shay, is that this is a treatment that's been shown to be effective rapidly helping people suffering from agonizing depression. That's the thing, right? Like, you, I mean, I, lots of people who've been on SSRIs will know sometimes it can take weeks or months to sort of get to the dose where it's actually being therapeutic. It's very different with ketamine, right? It can happen sometimes within hours? Correct. We now are able to detect improvement in people's symptoms within hours of taking the treatment. We call it a rapid-acting antidepressant. Again, it's been approved by the government of Canada, a version of it has, and approved by the United States government, a version of ketamine, and many, many countries around the world. In fact, over 40 countries have now approved a version of ketamine for depression. Because depression, as you said, Shay, you know, it takes four to six weeks in many cases for SSRIs to be helpful. That is certainly not acceptable. The other part about ketamine, which is so promising for people living with uh, mental illness or have depression especially, is that in addition to working so rapidly, it also reduces thoughts of suicide very rapidly within one to two days. And I don't think I can make the point strong enough. We've got to find ways to better treat uh, suicide and prevent suicide. Depression is a condition most often associated with suicide. They can go together, but they're not the same thing. So ketamine seems to be helpful in both. And here in Canada and the United States, the government has also recognized this and has approved a version of ketamine to help alleviate some of the thoughts, some of the urges around suicidality 
in people with depression. So when we've talked about uh, psilocybin before, we, like I said, it, it's starting to happen in, in baby steps, I would say, where you can get it under these conditions from this practitioner or whatever the case may be. Is it the same sort of a situation with ketamine? Like you say, it's been approved and it's been recognized as a possible treatment. Can you go see you, for example, and get a prescription and off you go? Is it that simple? No, absolutely not. Ketamine has actually been in our field of medicine now for over 50 years, and it's used frequently in anesthesia, used in pain, now in depression. And it is a drug that's been shown to be safe and effective for the indications we talked about, notably depression being our focus today. Your listenership should not be using psilocybin. There's no evidence that we would ever recommend psilocybin as a standard treatment in depression at a high dose or low dose, so-called microdose. Oh, really? So people should, no, absolutely should not be using it uh, because we are still in the works of developing a product. Now, this is a, uh, a, a drug that's been around for a long, long time. Psilocybin's been around since the 50s, but yeah. frankly, LSD back to the 30s. And um, these are drugs that are currently being tested. They're currently being tested. So just like, uh, you know, there's, there's something different about uh, uh, joining a junior hockey team versus joining the Edmonton Oilers right. or the Calgary Flames, those are two different teams. So ketamine is in the NHL, use the metaphor uh, we've got psilocybin way back in the junior ranks. It should not be used by anybody until we, in fact, are able to ascertain its safety and its efficacy. Now, what we're doing at My Center in Toronto, we have special access from the Health Canada, from Government of Canada, to give it to select people under very select circumstances. Right. We're also doing a study, Canada's first ever study, uh, looking at repeat dose psilocybin in people with depression. This is our effort to establish or understand its safety and whether it can benefit. What I'm very concerned about is that there is a message, I think, getting out there that somehow it's proven safe and effective, et cetera, et cetera. That is categorically not true. It is a work in progress, but we might come on this call, say, a year from now, two yeah, years yeah. from now, and we, may, and we may say, hey, look, this thing has really shown to be safe and help people, and it's moved along with respect to regulatory purposes. But for now... I believe safety is most important, and I don't think people should be using psilocybin until we in the academic and research world are able to establish that it's safe and effective. And again, there are extenuating circumstances where we can get permission from the government to give it. You've been hearing about people who have in, you know, palliative care yeah, sure. in cancer, things like that. That, 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 that. That's a different scenario where people are suffering, they're at the end of life or people are suffering from other conditions, and the government carefully makes an approval uh, on each and every case. But it's certainly not ready for, as I say, prime time at all until we're able to establish safety and efficacy. Well, and I guess in a, in a sense, the same message would apply to ketamine in, in terms of, okay, it's like you say, it's farther down the road, it's a well-recognized medication, everything's like that, but, but don't be doing it on your own. I mean, you, don't go oh, and access it. You, you need to have that same you know, therapist involved, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, look, this is such a key point you've just raised, and thanks for raising it. I've got people who've approached me over the years, and and they've wondered about taking ketamine and, you know, buying it from their friends and this kind of thing and so on. And I would strongly say no to that. Look, anything, anything that can help you in medicine can possibly hurt you. Side effects are the case with everything. And ketamine is a medication that's safe and effective when used under appropriate medical supervision. But it should absolutely not be taken by people 
in their basement on their own without supervision, etc. So only in medical circles. And I think that's a really, really, really important point. Thanks for raising that. Um, when we talk about ketamine, are there addictive um, concerns around this? And is it a treatment that, you know, you would be using long-term and possibly developing an addiction? Well, you know, that those are great questions. Um, there's no doubt about it that there is uh, a vulnerability that some people have to misusing or abusing. For example, we know in many jurisdictions around the world, Canada, the United States, elsewhere, we have a percentage of our population that are actually abusing ketamine. So therein, we are reminded that this is a medicine that also has an abuse liability. Now, abuse liability is a very different, what that means is it has that susceptibility. But your question is an excellent one. If people take it repeatedly, for example, to treat depression, will that actually serve as a gateway? Right. Will they then go on to abuse alcohol and drugs? Will this set the stage for maybe craving uh, uh, you know, other types of substances they never craved before? It's an excellent question, and the short answer is we have no data to indicate that's the case. That being said, we are keeping a very close eye on this. We've got different ways we monitor for this. We're watching out for that. And these are important aspects that we need absolutely to keep a close eye on. But you know what the enemy of the state is, Shay? Mm. Is depression. Yeah. Depression is a serious, debilitating, agonizing illness. It has uh, been the most common reason why young people around the world are suffering. Depression skyrocketed thanks to COVID-19, as well as the restrictions around what took place in the economic insecurity. And we need to absolutely do better at treating depression. Ketamine for now, where the rest of the ones go, has really helped many, many people. So that being said, we always approach it with a lot of careful caution, surveillance, and absolutely keeping a close eye on some of those aspects you raised. Absolutely, yeah. So it's a work in progress. Very, very interesting, doctor. Thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.